Morning everyone, my name is Thomas, I'm one of the pastors here at Inverness Vineyard Church and you are so welcome, we hope uh, you're enjoying connecting in with us this morning. For those of you that do know me, uh, just to get the elephant out of the room, yes I've had a haircut, yes it is remarkably short and yes I've got a few grey hairs sprouting up as well, a little patch, let me just show you just here, well more white actually, so uh, we'll maybe pray for the greys later on, I don't mind grey too much. I think it's a sign of wisdom. We'll see. We'll see about that. Uh, so we're looking at a couple of verses. It's probably the first time I've started a talk speaking about my hair. But uh, we're going to look at a few verses of the Bible. Look at words that Jesus spoke. That's what we did last week. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Uh, we're going to continue looking at something else Jesus said. And we're going to do that in John chapter 8. So a book of the Bible called John. You can check on the app. If you click Bible, you'll be able to get that. Uh, or maybe if you've got a Bible at home, uh, dig that out as well. John chapter 8. And just to give you a wee bit of context, Jesus has been uh, doing amazing things. And I feel a sneeze coming on. I maybe just need to ride it out. You might get a sneeze mid-Bible verse. But uh, there's a debate over who Jesus is. There's groups of people, Jewish leaders, Pharisees, that are uh, debating whether Jesus is the Messiah. Whether he is the one who has come to save the world. And in the mix of that, we see Jesus having various encounters with people. So directly before these verses that we read, we see Jesus having an encounter with a woman who committed adultery. Now at that time, uh, that would have had massive repercussions, uh, that happening. And, and Jesus has an encounter with her where she, he says, your sins are forgiven. You can live in freedom. So we're going to start at verse 12 in John chapter 8. And I'm going to say a very short prayer before we do that. Lord, we thank you so much for the Bible. We thank you uh, that, that you are eager to speak to us in these times. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you will increase in the rooms that we're meeting in, in our hearts. That you will uh, speak so clearly into how we are, are feeling right now. In Jesus' name, Amen. So just it's literally one verse we're going to be looking at and straight after all these uh, just these tensions with these groups of people. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When I was younger, I was scared of the dark and we used to live in this lovely house my dad uh, was a, a Baptist minister, so we lived in a manse, uh, which it was called. And this house was a, it was a brilliant house. It had uh, I was the only one downstairs, downstairs bedroom, and my sister and my parents were in the upstairs bedroom, which was great for a number of reasons. I could uh, play my PlayStation at any time. Uh, most evenings later in the evening, play FIFA 96. Uh, that's going back a fair bit. Or I could sneak to the kitchen and get a packet of Golden Wonder Crisps. They were the crisps of the 90s. There's no debate there, or I could switch on some wrestling videos, uh, yeah, and sneak into the living room. So it was great in that respect. But uh, there was one encounter, one thing that happened that made me afraid of the dark, and it happened when I was, I think it was ten or eleven. I might have been, might have been twelve. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I woke up one morning and I had glass all over the floor of my bedroom, and then just at the bottom of the curtains was a big boulder. Now. Uh, and I opened the curtains and there was a big hole in the window. The window had smashed. Now, that was quite a frightful thing to wake up uh, in a morning and, uh, and see. 
and I was baffled as to how on earth I didn't wake up when that happened. But there was in rack of my brains, have I got anybody in school who has a personal vendetta against me, who's purposely went and done this, but what we think it had happened was a couple of, uh, a street, further down the street was a, a nightclub function room, and Friday nights used to be students of people would walk down past our house that somebody who perhaps had too much to drink had uh, thrown it into our window. I'm wondering as well whether the Rangers flag, which was flying uh, at the window, might have been a factor. So I took that down and put up a Scotland flag uh, instead. But after that point, night times really terrified me for, for a season. And we used to have a, a Labrador, Ben, who would sleep at the bottom of the bed just to try and keep me safe. And that helped a little bit, worked for a wee while. And I would also listen to music and uh, that helped for a little while. But there's only so much Celine Dion you can listen to. Uh, so for those of you that are quite baffled by that, I, I spoke about my love uh, for Celine Dion, me and a couple of friends at high school, uh, in an earlier talk that I'd done. Please do not judge me. And more importantly, please do not switch off uh, at this point. But uh, the solution we had was a tiny room upstairs. It was so small, you could fit in a little bed and a, bed, a bedside uh, lamp. And my mum used to put on the light in this room, way upstairs. But when she'd done that, it was like a chink of light that would stream down and I'd be able to see it from my bedroom. And that was the answer. A chink of light which didn't allow at that point in time the darkness to overwhelm me. And we are in a season right now with our boys where at night time they, they want to see a chink of light. And often that's all it takes, isn't it? In the darkness, in the midst of uncertainty, in the what ifs, in the coming weeks concerning our futures, a chink of light this morning is what I want to share. So I called it a chink of light because it can be very easy right now for us to be overwhelmed in the situation that we're in. It's, it's unheard of. It's new. There's no getting away from it's terrible, it's sad, it's tough. And you might be watching this morning feeling hemmed in, feeling crushed, feeling squeezed into a corner that is just very dark and black right now. I want to remind us or tell us for the very tell you for the very first time about a light that is a hope that will sustain you and that will journey with you, alongside you, this morning. Just like that little chink of light in my room that helped with my fear of sleeping after that scary evening. And that light is Jesus. So I, I've been praying for this morning, and we believe God speaks to us and, and gives us words and gives us pictures for one another. And I, I feel that God's given me some words for people, so I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, just now, just a wee list. So for that person, the person who's connected in, who's suffering with really bad panic attacks, and you are in your late teens, this is the chink of light for you this morning. For the husband who's struggling to keep, uh, to sleep with fear of providing for your family, this is the chink of light for you this morning. I feel that Jesus is saying that. For the single mum who's self-isolating and hasn't spoken to anyone this week, this is the chink of light for you. For and this is a bit more specific, a bit more random for the a man called Jim who's recently suffered a stroke. This is the chink of light for you. For the married couple who can't see a solution going forward in their marriage, this is the chink of light for you. For the person who prayed, God, if you're real, if you prayed that prayer this morning, you might be someone who's never been in church. 
This is the chink of light for you. For the doubters, for the skeptics, for the atheists, this is the chink of light for you. So we're going to look at five points. L-I-G-H-T-S. Yes, have we got an S as well? No, we don't. We just have a T. Five points, spelling out light. I'm going to take a drink of this. And we'll get cracking. Oh, it doesn't taste as good as it smells. It's that blackcurrant speciality tea. Very, very fancy this morning. We've run out of milk, actually, but we'll, we'll gloss over that. First one. This light leads us when all around is uncertain. The story's told of a, a news reporter who received a telegram. So I imagine this is a good few years ago. And the telegram said, uh, I, want to write, I want you to write a 500-word piece entitled, Is There Life on Mars? And the reporter replied 250 times with the words, nobody knows. Nobody knows. You know, nobody knows how this will develop, this crisis, this pandemic. But God knows how it will develop. With lockdowns, social distancing, vaccines, local businesses, big businesses, futures, our world, economy, jobs, deaths, infections. The next month, the next six months, the next year, the next five years. Will it ever be the same again? And you know, we live in a, a culture which pursues knowledge, an all-knowing culture. I've been reflecting on that quite a bit. And uh, there's a movie, I can't remember what movie it was. It had Ben Stiller in it, so it might not be a great movie. But uh, there was a scene in it where there was a couple of friends around the table and one of them asked a question about, can you remember this song? What, what song is this that has the lyrics? Such and such and such. And they got their phone out right away and they Googled it. And they got the answer to that question. And then further on in the dialogue, one of them was asking about something else. I can't remember what it was. Say, for example, it was American presidents. And uh, the guy was about to get his phone out again. He grabbed his arm and he just looked into his eyes and he said, let's just not know. Let's just not know. And you could see the other guy trembling going, oh, but I need to know. I cannot move on without knowing. It really spoke to me, that scene. You see, for us, it's so uncertain right now. And our tendency in these moments is to accumulate information, stories, facts, where the virus is spreading, numbers, conspiracies, what could, uh, what could happen. So it serves our need for control and knowledge. And what I'm not saying is don't connect in and, and hear what's happening. I think that's a healthy thing uh, in terms of awareness, in terms of safety, in terms of wisdom, in terms of praying. But uh, it's an endless pursuit if we allow it to be. Perhaps we're feeling really overwhelmed right now as a result of being so plugged into something that is so out of our control. That we need to be led by a light that calls us to trust in him. Jesus himself, more words that he says in the Bible is peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. You see, where Jesus leads us into is not a place of greater control, but to be free from what the world tells us to feel, tells us to think, tells us to be. We are different. Our hearts can be beaten again with love and with generous postures in this time. Our minds can be operating not with anxiety, but with promises from God. Moments of still with him, of safety, of love and peace. He leads us not to the news, or the problems, there's always going to be them. But where does he lead us? He leads us to green pastures. The Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23, that great psalm. He leads us to green pastures 
the lush green hills to places of life and colour, wide open spaces, not hemmed in or crushed. Maybe you need some green pastures this week. Maybe in your exercise time, the time where I allotted to go for a walk or to exercise, you need to go to a field or a river and hear the birds and not another news programme. When all around us is uncertain, this light leads us. Jesus leads us. Next, he illuminates, this light illuminates in and through us. Now, I was a good kid when I was younger. That's a declaration, isn't it? I was a good kid when I was younger. My parents might say otherwise, but I had a crazy side. I was well aware of that. It was quite, it was quite hidden away. It wasn't too public. And you know, 90s kids had it good, didn't they? If you were a 90s kid, uh, maybe you parented a 90s kid. We had shell suits. They were perhaps a bit earlier than 90s, but we had shell suits. We had the sweeties called push pops. Do you remember them? You used to push the, the inside of them up. Uh, we had those moments where you'd record the UK Top 40 on your cassette player and you'd stop and start it at the right time just so the radio DJ wouldn't interrupt. Uh, but during those times, some things very nearly went wrong for me. There used to be a, a little phase, it might not have been a phase, but uh, me and my friends used to spray deodorant like on our, our knees, on our jeans, and then light it up in the garden and then pat it down. Perhaps a bit dangerous. And uh, But I remember my dad getting a new torch. <laughs> what a line that is. But back then, that was an exciting thing uh, for me. And it was so strong, it was like a super torch, that it would go through skin. It would go through skin. And I remember just sitting there with this torch going, putting it up against my hand and seeing my hand glow and going, wow. But my initial thought, firstly, was like, I hope it doesn't melt the inside of my hand and it just becomes really, I don't know, like worn away. But uh, if you know Jesus in this time, we are to glow. We are to shine from the inside out. There's a song uh, that the kids sing. And the line is, we're to shine from the inside out so the world can see that he lives in me. So just as I had that torch shining in my hand, glowing. When we have Jesus, when we have the light of the world in us, we are to glow. We are to shine. We are to live different. We are to speak different. We're to be hope and courage carriers at this time, for a time such as this. We carry good stuff and we drop off the bad stuff to the cross, to Jesus's, into his hands. We encourage, we choose life in our words. We are generous with our time, money and energy. I want to ask, are you glowing right now? In the book of Matthew, another book of the Bible, Jesus speaks about us being the light of the world. So we're looking at Jesus being the light of the world, but he calls us to be the light of the world. And he says, are you hiding your light under a basket? This isn't the time for hiding our lights under baskets. This is our time to get rid of the baskets, to throw them away and to shine right now as people of Jesus, as people of hope, as hope and courage carriers. We are to shine. We are to rise up, we are to let our light shine, we are to step up, we are to love radically at this time. We are to be fierce with that and not to give up. I wonder what that looks like in our weeks. For each of us it will look like a whole load of different things. We are to illuminate. In times of crisis, when everyone else perhaps feels shut in, we are to step up and shine. This light gives us a special kind of peace as well. We have a special kind of peace at 8 o'clock most nights where the boys are, are sleeping. 
and we just sit down and go, ah, peace. Maybe you can resonate with that. Maybe after a busy day at work or, or maybe just this time of lockdown where it feels actually in a lot of ways, a lot of things are stopping, but it feels really full on. Just that little chunk of time where we can go, ah, peace and quiet. Five minutes peace. When we read in the Bible, we read of peace in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, shalom and irene. Shalom is the Hebrew word for peace. It's, uh, it means complete or whole. Almost like if you think of a stone that has no cracks in it. Or a stone wall that's completed with no gaps. A state of completeness. It can refer to a person's well-being as well. You know when life is com complex. As it is right now. There's so many variables, there's so many things happening right now. And when something's out of alignment, our shalom breaks down. It needs restored. The verb, almost as a verb, it's to complete, to make complete. To take what is missing and do what needs done to restore it to shalom. And we see in the Bible, rival kingdoms trying to bring shalom. The kings of Israel fail time and time again with this. And uh, we read of them looking forward to Jesus. Jesus, the shalom of no end. The arrival of Irene, which is the Greek word for peace. Jesus offers peace to us right now. He restored to wholeness. If we think back to that wall almost, he restored to wholeness the broken relationship between us and God. At the cross, for us, he died for us, a gift for us. He gives me and you his life as a gift. And now we are called to create peace, to bring shalom into situations. And peace takes a lot of work. It's not just the absence of conflict. True peace means taking what is broken and restoring it to wholeness in our lives, in our relationships and in our world. So he brings completeness he brings us into that place as we were meant to be, so we can be peace bringers. If you know Jesus this morning, you are called to be a peace bringer. So in the mix of conflict, in the mix of uncertain times, in the mix of this season that we find ourselves in as a nation, as a city, as a world, we take what is broken and as people of God, we start the rebuild. We start the restoration and how Inverness needs it. How our streets need it. How our next door neighbour needs it. It gives us a special kind of peace. And we're not called to keep that to ourselves. He hears our cries. You know when I uh, was in the dark as a kid. When I had those moments as I spoke of earlier. I would scream. Even some nights where I had that chink of light I would scream. Because the darkness would still be there. I would still get scared. Just because Jesus is with us doesn't mean we don't feel or grieve or dismiss what is going on inside of us. It's important for our well-beings that we create, facilitate and protect spaces to grieve and to be real. Can I urge us at this time not to suppress what we're feeling, to speak to friends and family, to speak to us, to... If you're part of a, church, of, of a church or our church, to be part of small groups right now. Just to do it. 
to be real. Not to have any masks right now. We don't need masks right now. And he hears us. He wants us to be real. This light, this light of the world, Jesus wants us to be real. When we read the Psalms, which is another book of the Bible, we read of David. David's heartfelt cries and shouts how he feels, asking where God is, questioning, lamenting. I want to urge us not to ignore our heart our, our heart and its hurts right now. This light Jesus hears our cries and he comes near in those moments. Just like when I was crying as a, as a little boy in the dark, I would go, I, I would cry and my mum would come alongside me just as I do with my boys when they shout in the middle of the night. I would give them a cuddle and I'd whisper, I've got you, I'm here, don't worry. Jesus is eager to do the same with us. And then just finally, this light takes hold of our futures. I, I shared a quote a couple of weeks ago. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. When we trust in Jesus and when we live in him and for him, this light takes a hold of our futures. Our tomorrows have hope infused into them. Our hearts beat differently. We live differently. We live in light of a future promise of a life spent in eternity with God. You know, I'm glad to say I'm not scared of the dark anymore. And, you know, there'll come a time where coronavirus will not be feared. It will pass. Yes, it will cause unimaginable upset and pain and confusion. Maybe even right now you are feeling that. But we must take refuge in the promise that Jesus will never let us go through this. He will never let us go through this. He never gives up on us. His grip is tight right now. It's tight right now. Keep holding on. A chink of light. Look for that chink of light. Jesus is with us. He is the light of the world.